0: Yeah, he was like on America's Next Got Talent. That's right, America's Got Talent. America's
1: Next Top Model.
0: America's (laughs) Next Got Talent (laughs) uh, competition. Big fat top
1: talent. (laughs) That just sounds like a porno, like a gay porno. Yeah,
2: my big fat top talent. America's Got Top.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be be awesome. I fucking love that (laughs) show.
3: (laughs) We're backstage here with all the contestants. Everybody's just sucking and fucking each other.
1: (laughs) 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 Man
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very special fiftieth episode of the Late Late Whee! Capitalism Show. The Big Five O is where life really starts to go down. We're legal we're now, over the baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you know that's what they were saying. Some people were like, "Oh, when are Mary Kate and Ashley going to be legal?" I'm like, "You got another twenty five years."
1: Yeah. yeah now, Chorus
3: yeah. Leachman, R.I.P. That was a legal lady. That's right. Fine piece of, and here's your swearing warning. I'm going to swear in about three seconds and throughout the rest of the show, ass. Oh, oh ew. Shout out to her. Who R.I.P. is that? She's making angels laugh in heaven now. Yeah.
2: Chasing after that gushy.
3: That's right. But something we're going to discuss today is a man who will definitely not be going to heaven,
2: but rather Hell.
3: <laughs> we're going to be discussing
2: That was
0: badass my own, cool.
3: The personal devil of anyone under the age of 30 A man who became I think like the perfect avatar For just political disdain Like one of the first animating moments In our generation politically
2: Yeah, I, like the, definitely The person who's had the greatest effect On my life At a, at a political level
3: Yeah, even from a practical standpoint yeah. As we're going to touch on eventually Stephen Harper, the one and only And to join me in this discussion, to my left there
2: is... It's Chance. To my left is... I'm always to Chance's left. It's Dean.
0: I don't get an intro. That's fine. I'm Megan. Thanks for listening, everybody.
3: Our resident girl boss.
0: Yeah, that's right.
3: Now, let's skip the foreplay and just get right into it. Stephen okay. Joseph Harper was born April 30th, 1959, in Leaside, Ontario. He's a Taurus. And I consulted Ooh. a friend of the pod yeah, and a, a dear known friend. mystic. Yeah, that's right. Our mystic, our astrological expert. And I asked her, without telling her what this was about, if she could give me some descriptions of what a Taurus is like. Because remember, I know literally less than zero about astrology. And this is her unvarnished and somewhat uninformed, in terms of the context, assessment. She says that Taurus are stubborn and sometimes defensive, pleasure oriented, often stoners, (laughs) (laughs)
1: love
3: snacks and snugs, (laughs) stable, practical and sexy as hell.
2: Yeah, nice.
3: Nice. I words.
0: I think we're all Tauruses at heart, really. Yeah.
2: And these are all words I would use to describe Stephen <laughs> Harper. Yeah. I think also. He's uh, definitely uh, stubborn. Mr. Harper was born in uh, 1959, which was the year of the pig, which also tracks. That <laughs> does make a lot of
3: sense. So his father was an accountant for Imperial Oil. Harper went to a public elementary school in Etobicoke. While he was attending Richview Collegiate, he also participated in the Reach for the Top quiz show. You may be familiar. It still goes on to this very day.
0: Dean, weren't you on a a trivia team in high school? I was
2: also a reach for the top person. Uh, I uh, was sort of a, a trivia fascist in many ways. Uh, I wanted to uh, cede control from our chemistry teacher who led the, <laughs> uh, the club uh, because uh, she had this sort of doctrine of, like, equality and fairness, and she wanted, like, everyone to have a turn. Sorry, she was the, the fascist, tournament.
3: right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> interesting, okay.
2: No, 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 I, I was the fascist ah, okay, in that I, see, I, I see. wanted I to ensure that only the best and smartest <laughs> among us would go to competitions and compete. Which seems reasonable. Because we, we often shall. lost. Yeah, it's uh, reach be, for the top. Expl- like, be because, explicitly, I was not playing every round.
1: Mm. Uh, oh. I just want to make that clear. Oh. But
2: You would have carried the team. Def- without question, we would have been going to provincials. Yeah,
3: okay. So, I looked for footage of Reach for the Top from the 1970s, but I could not find any of Stephen Harper. The closest Lost I got was like a 1975 one, and everybody in there was dressed like an absolute fool. It was infuriating. <laughs> they were a
0: huge hit in the 70s. No,
3: these people didn't. <laughs> Stephen Harper was also involved with... Ironically enough, his high school's Young Liberals Club. This is a very well-known little personal factoid. Oh, he was like head of the Young Liberals Club, and then he eventually became, obviously, a very important conservative Do political think, figure.
0: Just to pause, that reach for the top was was very happy because they could point to their program and say he really did reach for the top. I actually he, think he was at the top. I'm
3: pretty sure they did hype that up because when I was in high school, it was around the time he was really like gaining prominence and we had to reach for the top team and i remember them like talking about that i wasn't on it but my friend was and like that was a big thing at the meets it's like oh look where you could go
0: that's right if you join this club you will be prime minister thank you
3: (laughs) what do you think spurred stephen harper's change from being a young liberal to an ardent dyed blue conservative aging
1: i imagine having an oil guy for (laughs) a dad two good guesses Or, or uh not getting a girlfriend in high school. Three really good guesses.
3: It's a combination of the oil thing, but specifically he took great umbrage with then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau's national energy program. Essentially, uh, the big things he took issue with were the double taxation mechanism for oil. Basically, they were going to take the oil revenue from Alberta and distribute it to other provinces. It was like a nationalization of the energy industry and also a redistribution of oil revenue. And Harper, despite the fact that, remember, he was in Etobicoke at this point,
0: and We're also really like what, fifteen? <laughs> yeah. He was like yeah.
3: eighteen at the time.
2: Psychotic. Little <laughs> Like space. if you're like chief concern like when you're in high school basically from the ages of like fifteen to eighteen, it's, it's not policy. just getting pussy. <laughs> yeah. Like you're a psycho. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: yeah this guy like and you could imagine like all of these various uh, political diatribes you go on were just muffled by the sound of a locker door in front of him (laughs) like (laughs) this is such a little dweeb but he would graduate and he would actually apply to U of T's Trinity College campus he made it about two months before dropping out which I'm not going to make fun of that's fucking relatable that's probably the most relatable thing about
2: him that's like the coolest thing he did in the biography I read pretty much Uh, so he like many of
3: my friends from high school school would then move out West to go work in the oil industry. But rather than working on the rigs or in the fields, he got a job. At surprise, surprise, Imperial Oil, the same company mm. his father worked for, albeit he was in a mail clerk role and he actually worked a number of different jobs while he was there, kind of just moving uh, wherever he Mail clerk, him. is that with an IL or an LE? Uh, <laughs> IL, unfortunately. Uh. But I do like the idea of him in like little tiny shorts and like a little vest, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> going office to office, yeah. like, like uh, Mad Picking Men up things style. Yeah, that people <laughs> drop on purpose. Uh, do you need this? Uh, do you need this pen? I could bend over and get it for you. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so after a few years working out with Imperial Oil, he enrolls at the University of Calgary in 1981. We get an economics degree in '85. Had a short departure from UCal where he got a job working with Conservative MP Jim Hawkes. He would actually be Hawkes' main assistant and would end up in Ottawa with him, working directly underneath him. Only for a very short period of time, though. This is the mid 1980s, and Harper. This is just so. It has to be pathologic at this point. He would leave Ottawa disillusioned, not just with politics, but specifically with Brian Mulrooney, who had the largest majority in Canadian history at that time because he did not destroy the national energy program fast enough for Harper's liking. Mm -hmm. He's like, I wanted it gone
1: immediately. What a psycho.
3: Okay, he's right. obsessed
0: with Alberta and he's not even from Alberta. He
3: is the Alberta weeb,
0: yes. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, he's like
3: the, yeah, the Alberta... He's a
0: birdaboo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> so he would actually then of course return to Calgary going back to UCAL to get his master's in economics
0: I think he just wanted to be at the stampede every year he just really liked that tent Ooh, yeah. where you're allowed to ride the bull if you wait in line for like 45 minutes and every beer is $19 and if it yeah. bucks you
3: off you're allowed to kill it yourself <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, this, it's like this, safari
2: this was an MF who was wearing cowboy boots to bed yeah. who, who had a, a, a hug pillow but it was just of a steer <laughs> yeah he has one of the little anime body pillows yeah. but it's just like the bill from
3: that uh, American cartoon yeah, <laughs> it just says right. repeal NEP at the top the <laughs>
2: (laughs)
0: Uh, stampede story i have is that i was in line for one of the clubbing tents and i was with this group of people i didn't know that well but they all had parents in the oil industry and someone mentioned that i was a leftist and then so one of the guys was like you're a communist and then one of the girls who i was sort of there with was like don't call her that that's so mean and i was like no that's fine whatever it was very good and then i got really drunk so what a, what an event! That's a stand ten out bead. of ten, class
3: traitor. Uh, so, <laughs> while at University of Calgary, he was introduced to Preston Manning, who was the leader of the far right populist Reform Party. Manning invited Harper to the party's founding convention, and he actually delivered a speech. Uh, I'm sure it was riveting. Harper would play a really big role in the Reform Party. He was basically the one who came up with the foundation for all of their policies. He wrote their Blue Book in the late 1980s, early 1990s. And that was pretty much what Reform would run on for the next decade. Like, this is a major, major, just fresh out of school job for him. In 1988, he also began his political career, originally running as Steve Harper, In the Calgary Rest Riding.
1: That's cute. That's kind
0: of cool. He did a Pete Buttigieg where he workshopped his name to be politician. (laughs) Exactly.
3: Uh, A picture of which is in the TikTok that I made of him standing in front of the sign. Uh, He would actually lose to... Jim Hawks, his former mentor. Wow. It was embarrassing to him. Come at the king, you better not miss. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. However, Harper would still find his way to Ottawa as one reform party MP, Deborah Gray, would actually win a riding. She was the only one. And he was selected as her chief, uh, her executive assistant. So he would go with her and draft, you know, all of her speeches and all of that boring political minutia, which he actually probably loved. So he still ends up in Ottawa. Before he goes, however, uh, so in the 1990s, 1993, he would marry Lorene Teske, who is definitely very much in love with him and still sexually attracted to him, no doubt about it. as we all are. check her Instagram or Twitter (laughs) or any social media. (laughs) And uh, Harper would then end up, after kind of ping-ponging back and forth between Ottawa and Calgary, as you do, in 1993, he would run for office again, this time handily beating Jim Hawks, overthrowing the conservative, uh, long-term conservative riding and flipping it to a Reform Party seat. This was the beginning of the Reform's pretty quick rise. They won 52 seats in 1993 after only winning one in 1988. That's
0: crazy, actually. It was all Alberta,
3: too. Like It was literally (laughs) just Western Canada. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about the Reform Party itself, just very briefly. Some of their big uh, policy things, which, remember, Harper wrote. Decentralization of the government's power, so essentially provincial rights. A democratically elected Senate, which actually I think is quite reasonable. I don't have an issue with that. Privatization of government services, including Canada Post, CBC, Petro Canada. There's the energy program again. And creating a two-tier private and public health insurance option. Mm. Oh, my Lord. Great. Thank you. Uh, Tax cuts for corporations. Yeah. Yeah. Abolish the Department of Indian Affairs and transfer responsibilities directly to Aboriginal governing bodies to lessen the Aboriginal people's dependence on the federal government.
0: Wow. Cool wording there. I like that
2: one. Uh, That one's cool. I actually uh, have something to weigh in about that. Perfect. So I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Flanagan. Yes. (laughs) Uh, He was a uh, professor, uh, I think a historian at uh, the University of Calgary. Yes, he comes Uh, up a few times. (laughs) Yeah, he was Harper's mentor and advisor for a long time. And he made his name. He's actually an American who came to Canada to... Learn about Canadian history, uh, which is a special type of freak. That yeah, is what uh, yeah, why? Uh, but uh, I imagine just because he was not talented enough to swing with the big dogs in America, he American couldn't history. remember all the states' names. Yeah. So it's like, there's <laughs>
0: less going on up there.
2: So he 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 sort of made his name rewriting the the book on Louis Riel, oh, basically boy. arguing. That, well, actually, Louis Rial uh, and the Métis, a lot of their problems were caused by themselves. <laughs> Classic. Uh, and that they could have solved this without violence, but they were just sort of bloodthirsty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those assholes. Bloodthirsty, I, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't actually say bloodthirsty. But uh, he did uh, also write a book a little uh, bit after that called First Nations Second Thoughts. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I have oh. a quote from there. Oh, no. Uh, oh. oh, no. <laughs>
0: I'm actually shocked. <laughs> in
2: order to become a self-support, self-supporting and get beyond the social pathologies that are ruining their communities, Aboriginal people need to acquire the skills and attitudes to bring success in a liberal society, political democracy and market economy call it assimilation, call it integration, call it adaptation, call it whatever you want. It has to happen. I love like, how he's
0: considering to. that a, a, a revolutionary view and not like all of yeah. what no, colonialism is. That, that, that was sort
2: is. Really <laughs> of genius. Is like, I read through a fair bit of his stuff and all of his stuff is like, the consensus is this, but actually this is the truth and it's just like the the exact same conservative po- talking point Like since we landed
1: on this goddamn...
0: Yeah, just, just re-saying manifest as a, destiny. Yeah. As a
1: Canadian historian, you think he would like address the fact that the economic (laughs) hurdles that were placed purposefully around living on reservations to make it so you can't sell to people who aren't from reservations. So you just lose your whole entire market, like to be economically stable on a reservation while also following the law is pretty much impossible.
2: Yeah, from what I could tell in his First Nation Second Thoughts book, he, in researching it, did not talk to a single Aboriginal person, nor go to any reserves. class It's because it was a second thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, yeah, no, I'll, well. I'll throw this together.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> he wasn't too concerned about it. So reform would also oppose any marriage equality or gay rights amendments. Preston Manning, the party leader himself, once stated that homosexuality is destructive to the individual and in the long run, society itself. Now, I should note, Harper would actually flip-flop on this and vote a few times to actually recognize the legitimacy of same-sex unification, but then he would like vote against it. It was basically just depending
2: on whatever his writing wanted, I would suspect. From what I could tell from uh, reading about him, he basically thought that it was a lost cause to worry about this and that we should just focus on financial issues.
3: He also wanted them to return capital punishment into the fold which is an insane okay. thing to want, especially yeah. in the 1990s reform. Paul Bernardo,
0: it just happened. They were worked up. This
3: was still, well, it was ongoing. So yeah, it's possible. They knew somebody was raping a bunch of women in St. Catharines. Mm. Stephen Harper couldn't account for his work. Yeah,
1: huh. yeah, I've never seen the two in the same room. <laughs>
3: So reform also opposed, and this is a great quote: "Any immigration based on race or creed, or designed to radically or suddenly alter the ethnic
1: makeup of Canada." What? Ooh! So they only wanted white immigrants. That's that's some choice words. How? There.
0: How? Okay. This is the Suddenly, radically alter. This is like, 1993. Fuck off. <laughs> that
2: is some really elegant neoliberal script right there. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Possibly because of these immigration policies, reform attracted some let's be charitable and call them infamous candidates like Doug Collins and John Beck. Uh, In 1996, reform MP Bob Ringma stated in a newspaper interview that store owners should be free to move gays and ethnics to the back of the shop or even fire them if the presence of that individual offended a bigoted customer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay
3: <laughs> all right I like that Bob Ringman telling this is like yeah of course they're racist but that's not the problem the problem is that they're offended
1: yeah yeah, yeah. wow yeah I was we need to give, give the racists a really safe space like
0: that that's great it was
3: 1996 so reform attracted every crank bigot and racist to their cause despite official denouncements from Manning nothing was ever actually done to address any of the policies that would appeal to these people I should also note Harper himself spoke out about attracting these elements concerned that this kind of populism would like essentially jeopardize their conservative political movement. And it's interesting. He speaks out about extremism back in the 1990s, given how his political career would end so far. So Harper in the 1990s, very busy boy. uh, But despite the success of the party and his kind of ascendancy within reform, there's a growing rift between Preston Manning the party's leader and Stephen Harper part of it was based on the fact that Preston Manning had uh, given himself a spending allotment and he's like none of the MPs can have these budgetary expenses it's just me the leader and Harper's like what the fuck Hmm. Stephen Harper would actually leave his seat in January, 1997 joining the national citizens coalition, which is a conservative think tank. So you know, monster shit. He would eventually become the president later that year. And his time in the NCC was spent writing books and op-eds basically just about how Alberta was treated. So very unfairly, very <laughs> nasty
2: mm-hmm. by the
3: rest of Canada and that Alberta should form an aggressive or sorry, a firewall against an aggressive and hostile federal government. Now, the last thing about his time with the NCC he made a speech uh, in the United States at one of these you know, conservative think tank conferences where he said the following – Canada is a northern European welfare state in the worst sense of the term and very proud of it if you're like all Americans you know almost nothing except for your own country which makes you probably more knowledgeable about one more country than most Canadians and then finally the NDP (laughs) is kind of proof that the devil lives and interferes in the affairs of men
2: Uh, Okay, (laughs) we we legitimately cannot begrudge him that because I would say the exact same thing about him and all of his relatives
3: (laughs) when pressed about these comments years later during the 2000 Election, Harper claimed that he was joking. Famous (laughs) cut up, Stephen Harper. (laughs) 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 Literally
0: funny man. (laughs) The worst lie you could tell.
3: (laughs) Me cracking a joke. (laughs) Mr. Harper, Mr. Harper, they say you're the funny one of the group. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Hilarious. (laughs) That's right.
3: That's him. (laughs) All right, Mr. Harper. So, 1997 election. Came and went, reform made modest gains, but not really enough to put him into official opposition status. The liberals win pretty comfortably. They have been in control pretty much all but two years of the last twenty years have been a liberal majority government. When the Liberals win, it's only majorities and they can just do whatever they want. Uh in nineteen ninety eight. They knew that having 2 center-right or, in the case of reform, a little more than center-right parties was not going to be feasible. So they actually sought to, and this is the terminology they used, unite the right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, baby.
3: They held a unite-the-right rally. Mm -hmm. It was held in Toronto, and it attracted a great deal of negative media attention because it included literally all manner of conservative parties. So the conservative party, the reform party... And then some of my favorites that I have very brief, like, one-sentence things on, such as the Christian Heritage Party, which sought to apply proven Judeo-Christian principles of justice and compassion.
0: Were they saying
2: Judeo-Christian back then? 1998. Oh, my
0: God. Aren't they still a party? There's, there's there's a bunch of sort of weird parties that so still exist.
2: So they were going to
3: apply Judeo-Christian principles to address Canada's contemporary public policy needs, which basically meant restrict immigration to preserve equality and freedom and put a moratorium on immigration from any Sharia-based countries. Whoa!
2: Christ. Hot
3: damn. I Christian love, Heritage Party. I love
0: being equal by denying people like access to safe homes in countries to live in. I, I
2: am Sharia-based. <laughs> so there
3: was also the Social Crisis party which has a really long political history so i think the best way to sum up where that movement is at currently is to tell you that from 2006 to 2009 wayne cook a father's rights activist from toronto and candidate in 2000 for the canadian action party these are all
2: of our favorite characters come together
3: (laughs) He, he attempted to revive the social credit party of canada so that was his big thing this father's rights guy is like i need a party for me so cred We're coming back, baby, with over a hundred years of history. (laughs) (laughs) There was the Confederation of Regions Party, which ran in nineteen eighty-eight.
0: Regis and Kelly Regis? No,
3: Regis. Regions. regions. <laughs> Confederate Confederation of Regis Party would be sick. <laughs> yeah, be, I would, would vote for awesome. But yeah. the Confederation of Regions Party, much worse. They famously ran Paul Frum in oh, nineteen eighty eight. What the hell? There was also the Family Coalition Party, which is pretty run-of-the-mill Christian right wing party that would rebrand as the New Reform Party in twenty fifteen. Mm. Spoilers as to what happens to the old one. Then there was the Freedom Party of Ontario, which is a libertarian party that's run in every election since 1985, winning a grand total of zero
2: seats.
3: (laughs) They're doing great. All of these parties coalesce into one. They become the Canadian Alliance Party. There was then a leadership race between Preston Manning and Stockwell Day. Everybody expected Preston Manning to win because he's a very famous politician, the father of the movement. Stephen Harper famously predicts that Stockwell Day will win. And guess what happens? Stockwell Day wins in a pretty big upset. And unfortunately for the alliance, this splits the party even further because everybody that was loyal to Manning is like, well, what the fuck? God damn it. They either leave or just don't bother running. (laughs) Mm. So already off to a great start. 2002. So they
0: did not unite the right. They 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 in fact failed. (laughs) They kind of did.
3: 2002, federal election. They get fucking destroyed. It's not even close. So Stockwell Day is out. Stephen Harper is in, winning a very catty race between him and Stockwell Day. He would then run for leadership in Calgary Southwest. Not really much interesting there, but what is worth talking about is the man who was going to fill that, or sorry, fill that seat prior to Stephen Harper, Ezra Levant.
0: Oh Oh, my Lord. This is just a greatest hit story.
3: Yeah, really. And Stephen Harper had to speak to him and be like, hey man, I'm going to run here so you shouldn't run because I'm the party's leader. And like Ezra Levant was originally like, no, fuck you. And then somebody was like, look, man. So Harper elected 2002. He's back in Ottawa. And it's gearing up for the 2004 election, which is the first election where the liberals have looked like beatable in quite a long time. And the CPC, that was the Conservative Party of Canada because the alliance then folded into the Conservative Party of Canada. So basically reform became alliance. And then the alliance became the Conservative Party of Canada who fused with the basically inert progressive conservatives. This I, is th- like I how- thought that
0: was a big, they give him like a lot of props for that because he, he, did bring them he, he united those parties in the end and then didn't he beat Peter McKay in a leadership race and then they were finally united and they had one big party. That's
3: exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, they had their leadership race where he beat Peter McKay, Belinda Stronick. So 2004, they have their leader. It's Stephen Harper. They're running neck and neck in the polls with the liberals for a federal election. The liberals at this point, stuff about the sponsorship sta- scandal starts coming out. Like they are a toxic party. That being said, there's only really two parties to vote for. You're either conservative or liberal. So it's going really well for the conservatives. Looks like they might have a chance to actually steal a minority government until March of 2004, when one of my favorite political scandals occurs. I'm just going to read you what I dug up on the CBC archive. In March of 2004, the following attack ad was released. Paul Martin supports child pornography. Oh my God. Today, Martin says he's <laughs> against child pornography, but his voting record says otherwise. Whoa. Uh-oh. For all the <laughs> child Shit. porn heads, you know, this for is yours. <laughs> you thought we were going to go a whole episode without talking about child porn. You were wrong. <laughs> so the conservatives claim was part of a reality check on the Liberals' records. The press release pointed out that in 2002, the Canadian Alliance, the party's predecessor, introduced motions in Parliament that would toughen Canadian laws against child pornography, motions that Martin voted against. The Liberals introduced legislation on that subject later that year. The issue of child pornography was in the mind of many voters at the time.
0: Oh, cool. Are you guys familiar
3: with Holly Jones and Michael Breer? Yeah. No. Holly Jones is a 10-year-old girl murdered by Michael Briere in, like, really brutal fashion, and yes. he admitted during the trial that when he pled guilty he's like oh i started watching child porn and that motivated me to commit these crimes so when he was sentenced in march of 2004 the day before this press release came out oh christ timing was
2: very specific
3: (laughs) reaction that's the deep deep state at work baby Reaction to the conservative claim was swift and negative. Look, this is personal, said Paul Martin later that day. I am a father and I am a husband and he should apologize. The NDP reacted by sending out a press release that read, the NDP does not support child pornography. (laughs) Oh
1: my God! Good job, NDP. Politics, brain, mindset. As as if literally the
0: vote was like, do you like child pornography? Yes or no? Every MP must (laughs) Yeah, no, that's right. It's Machiavellian,
3: honestly. So this is... A major deal. When the conservative press release came out, it was a neck and neck race. In the election 10 days later, the liberals won 36.8% to 29.6%. There was a 10% swing. Mm. This nearly ended Stephen Harper's career because he was really kind of campaigning internally as the guy who can unite the right and the guy who can win an election against the liberals.
2: He was like the RNA of a virus. Like he was really good at collecting these disparate bits and combining them together into one synthesizing like the same way a really like deadly pandemic happens when you can like get uh you know bat viral dna mixed with pig viral dna and then we get
3: soup dna yeah soup dna (laughs) not good wet market dna uh no The Liberals reeling from the sponsorship scandal would still hemorrhage public support even after this election, so much so that this was the first liberal minority government in decades and things only got worse. The sponsorship scandal, which we'll probably cover in another episode, it's actually a pretty major part in uh, contemporary Canadian political history, would lead to a no confidence vote in November. Uh, Paul Martin would lose this vote very famously. That meant there was going to be another general election in 2006. They had four elections in six years.
0: Honestly, and even since then, there feels like there's been an election every two years. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's fucked. Uh, the Liberals, a party rife with scandals from top to bottom, still performed better than most anyone had expected. They nearly pulled it out, but they, in the end, lost the 2006 election to Stephen Harper and the Conservatives, losing by about 21 seats. That's still not a great, you know, endorsement of the conservative movement when you can beat a basically toxic liberal party by only about 20 seats. Mm. And it was a very tenuous minority government, smallest number of seats since Confederation, but they managed to hold on mostly because Stephen Harper would play every trick in the book. In 2008, uh, there was a no confidence vote in the wake of the 2008 election. So that was your fifth election in fucking eight years. Harper essentially would prorogue parliament, For the time it would have taken to do another no confidence vote. And during that time, he was able to persuade the liberals to join the conservative coalition. And as such, they didn't have the votes needed to call another election and topple the government. Then in uh, 2009, they would prorogue or sorry, 2010, they would prorogue parliament again, claiming it was related to the Olympics and essential for the Canadian economy. Both of which were approved by the governor general, but were seen as being like major violations of various codes of ethics. I thought the 2010
0: one was based on our purchasing of fighter jets. That seems to be a big stem of that one too.
3: That would make sense. Eventually, 2011, they finally have the election and the conservatives very famously win a majority government, giving Harper the full power he had fought literally decades to achieve. And now that he's prime minister, what were some of the things he did?
1: Oh, if you want me to go right into that. Absolutely. however I, I No, yeah, for sure. My, my bit here is very quick because I found a very interesting article uh, from Dean's favorite journalists, The National Post. Of course. Yeah. The, the, they, the only
0: news you need to read. Yeah. yeah.
1: They write great articles. I have an article here which uh, actually has a great title to even, Stephen Harper's... Chiefly practical approach To First Nations issues <laughs> <laughs> Very clever
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for a reading series Hosted by someone other than myself this is
1: be fun Stephen dream.
3: Harper's policy will leave you Red in the face
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my goodness Yeah um, I, I don't know who wrote this Doesn't matter, it's some, some national post Yeah, some bullshit Dickhead but I have a paragraph here that was great. You, you were saying, you know, what did Stephen Harper do? Well, Jesse, he was the first prime minister to stand up in the House of Commons and apologize for the Indian residential school system. He was the first to Woke endorse. King. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A cr-
3: what an apology too. Yeah. yeah,
1: he was the first to endorse the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Wow. He was the first to extend the Canadian Human Rights Act a- to Aboriginals living on reserves. He was the sorry. First. What year was that? I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was the first. That was in the two thousand. That was in the twenty first century.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That Jesus is Christ. oh yeah. Christ. Insane. Uh, he was the first. Well, just also, remember, Indigenous people got the right to vote in nineteen sixty. I know, but even uh, that seems like <laughs> way more behind. He me. was the first to appoint an Innu cabinet minister mm-hmm. and the first to have two uh, Aboriginal ministers in cabinet at the same time. The wow. first time ever. And he was the first sitting prime minister to be named as an honorary chief. <laughs> now, that is oh, something. Nice awesome. job. Now, that, <laughs> that was something I had to look into, right? Because, like, you don't just get named honorary chief. Like, I, I had to, I had to t- think about it. I was like, Ooh. what tribe? What what happened? I found some great images of him with yellow on his face. Was it like a, a shell company? <laughs> no. It, it, so, so, the the tribe that named him this was the Blood Tribe <laughs> out in Alberta. Sick. Um, they actually v- seem to be very cool. Prime Minister Stephen Harper has been given, this is another article just documenting what happened, has been giving a, given a ceremonial title shared by the likes of Prince Charles and Pope John Paul II, Honorary Too Chief of the Blood Tribe of Southern Alberta. Wait, it's they very... gave
0: that same title as those other people, too?
1: So that's the interesting part, is that there's quite a list of names that they they've given this They love doing to. it. Wow. They okay. do the ceremony pretty much every year and <laughs> okay. just hand it out to whoever they want. It's sort of like getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Did they uh, give it to yeah, Bret so Hart?
3: He's an Albert Jean guy. Chrétien,
1: um, okay. Leston Pearson, John Diefenbaker, uh, <laughs> okay. David Suzuki. Um, wait so he
2: those are all prime ministers that yeah. have got so what the fuck what didn't they say that he was the first
0: Shh. What? maybe they did it it after was after probably possibly It literally
1: yeah. says harper is the third sitting prime minister first oh, sitting prime minister okay yeah. the third sitting prime minister oh, oh I, I just first. wasn't listening to you so right. it literally has happened two okay, times so then so the national cares? post article just lied john d national post never lies <laughs> okay, is so
0: I was also reading the National Post for the article for this, and I kept reading argu- Dean some arguments this author was making, but not backing up at all. And I was like, I genuinely can't see where he pulled this argument from. And Dean was like, He didn't. He just he just said he, just it. he said just it. wrote it down. Yeah, like, the National Post. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Like,
1: what What are you expecting? <laughs> that's exactly what happened with this. That was fine. <laughs> Similar to our
0: standards. podcast, really, in in a way.
1: Oh, so uh, former we just say
0: stuff. Another one. No, is
1: but we're right. Former governor general. Adrian Clarkson, <laughs> David Suzuki, like I said, uh, Alberta premiers Ralph Klein, <laughs> Peter Lockheed, yes, have Klein's also a pimp. received the honor. So it's literally someone every year, some celebrity every year. Ralph get, Klein
3: so. famously got photographed with uh, Hells Angels out in Alberta and got in a lot of trouble for it <laughs> <laughs> while he was Hell premier. Yeah. He was so, also at WWF Canadian Stampede 1997. So, so
1: the Blood Tribe gave him the name in the Blackfoot language, Chief Speaker. Because they say he is a speaker who is a chief of the people. That was the actual quote. Very literal. He he speaks as the chief is what is written here. So that's kind of cool. Whatever. He got honored by a... But you know what this makes me think of, right? Is uh, when people say they're knighted. Oh, yeah. Like I'm Sir Elton John. It's like this is just bullshit now.
3: Well, knighting is the pedophile code. That's how they know you're <laughs> a part of the circle. Right, right. I don't imagine it's a similar thing for the blood tribe.
1: It's just funny that this argument was used to say that he's doing a really good job with indigenous people oh, because yeah. he got an honorary, like, chief name. From a single tribe. This is From a genuine a single question, tribe
3: Has any prime minister done anything remotely, even... Compassionate or like decent <laughs> no, towards no. Aboriginal people. Well, you no, just heard really Stephen cool. Harper yeah, uh, considered right, them true. human beings. That that's,
2: that's also, <laughs> I had, like 60 United years. Nations
0: Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Like he. He, it says he recognized it But he didn't ratify it Like we still don't even have that He <laughs> no, says Trudeau oh, it's, won't it's ratify there. it either And so then this year just they, just, they just pitched Like what if instead of that one We made our own Yeah
1: and yeah,
3: then, yeah And then Indigenous rights groups Have been like
0: Fuck off Like yeah,
3: Just sign the actual one you Yeah. Assholes.
0: Conveniently the four countries That won't sign it Are like Australia The US <laughs> Canada And South Africa A literal so. murderer
1: bro. <laughs> So other than him being Like a, a, a status Having status in Canadian society Why do you think he got that? you know honorary chiefdom.
3: He's an Alberta warrior.
1: (laughs) Okay. okay. I like, you know, at the
2: risk of sounding crass, I imagine so the blood tribe could get their name in the newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. I was also going (laughs) to say that also
1: works. It was actually based on his apology. Um (laughs) it's like the shittiest fucking apology. They liked his apology so much that they they gave it to him, which is that's cool. The apology wasn't problematic whatsoever. <laughs> Fucking um, We
3: actually talked about it in a class I'm in where the prof is like, look at this shit.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll read an excerpt from it here. Mr. Speaker, I stand before you today to offer an apology to former students of Indian residential schools. The treatment of children in Indian residential schools is a sad chapter in our history. Today, we recognize that this policy of assimilation was wrong, has caused great harm, and has no place in our country. The government now recognizes that the consequences of the Indian residential schools policy were profoundly negative and that this policy has had a lasting and damaging impact on Aboriginal culture, heritage and language. Now, that yeah, great, yay! You read it with way more conviction, or conviction <laughs> and you were literally just reading. I was it just out. reading what he's saying.
0: So the Mister Speaker thing that was just like during a regular House of Commons day. He just uh, it was uh, like, all right, y- let's w- take five minutes, and I'll just do knock yeah, this one it, out quickly. It was a
1: courageous stand. He had seen enough. <laughs> each each of the party leaders did it. Uh, okay, uh, Jack Layton was one of them.
0: Okay, who was
3: the li- what year was this? Liberal leader was probably what Stefan Dion.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm okay. not sure. It was it was uh, June 11th, 2008. Hmm. Yeah, major dud. Only topped by Michael Ignatius. (laughs) But uh, it's really funny that he said that. Like, you you guys soaked in that genius that he wrote down on that page there. You know, residential school, bad. Uh, Canadian government, sorry. Canadian Uh, government,
3: good. (laughs) Unrelated to residential school. Yeah, unrelated. Don't don't connect the two, please. I'm asking you.
1: Literally one year later, at the G20 Summit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Stephen Harper had this to say to... All of the other world leaders there about, well, I don't, I I have no idea why he said this, but he he said this. Um, (laughs) Unprompted. Yeah, unprompted. He just stood up. I just asked if you used a pen, sir. (laughs) We're so self-effacing as Canadians that we sometimes forget the assets we do have that other people see. We are one of the most stable regimes in history. We also have no history of colonialism. Oh, yes. oh, That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. we so we have all of the things that many people admire about job, the great man. powers, but none of the things that threaten or bother. None of the baggage. Yeah. So that's no
0: very staple empire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, could you
3: imagine? Literally, can, saying Canada has no colonial history is one of the dumbest fucking <laughs> thing. Mm. You mean the colony?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> the thing that has only literally was born as a colony yeah, yeah, Stephen
1: no Harper try, try saying that to the queen next time she comes over yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no no we didn't no colonialism over here wait
0: we just need to wait 50 years and then someone will apologize for that comment <laughs> Canada's favorite thing is doing something awful and then just waiting long enough that people aren't as mad anymore yeah. and then right. they go okay waiting we were sorry yeah. about that What's one please crazy? ignore everything we're doing right now yeah. it's
3: also gonna be Justin Trudeau who reads that apology like he loves to do Like, you know, he's got his father's genes. Oh, my God. He's going to be empowered. That man
2: was, you know, uh, again, at the risk of sounding like, uh, you know, derivative of the Canadian identity, born to apologize. Yeah, he's really good at it. uh, Like, his his, his whole brand is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His campaign
3: literally knew that because they said, they're like, oh, well, he doesn't have a lot of practical intelligence, but he has a lot of emotional intelligence. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: the opposite of what everyone said about Harper, to be honest.
3: (laughs) I love, okay, so quick thing. Stephen Harper famously hated Pierre Trudeau despite the fact that he would end up giving, like writing a eulogy for him, like in the National Post. That being said, like it's so fitting that, the son of the man who transformed Stephen Harper into a conservative is the one that finally drove the stake through his heart, you know, fucking years and years later. Imagine being it's Stephen kind of Harper. You've schemed your way to the top. You've <laughs> united all these disparate cranks, morons, psychopaths underneath your banner. You were the king of this small empire. You get a little bit of power. You use every trick in the book to hold on to that for five years until you can get all of the power. And then four years later, when you're at your absolute peak, you lose to a moron.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, The dumbest a man fansun.
3: to ever be prime minister. And that includes like 1860s intelligence. Yeah, levels. where they were like drinking out <laughs> yes. of lead pipes. You lost <laughs> to a man who three times wore blackface. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. At, At least, least three times. times. We do not know how many times.
3: A man who had to have a liberal MP come to his defense by saying, my black friends thought it was very endearing that he wore blackface. Yeah, that shit. I don't funny. believe that quote is real. <laughs> that's, that's, no real.
1: that's real. That's so messed I up. I will
3: send it to you again. Either way, it's so funny. And one <laughs> thing I want to tie up, Stephen Harper famously in the 1990s is like, oh, you can't cater to this kind of extreme aspects of right populism. As he was going down in the polls in 2015, one of the things he did was cling to Rob Ford, who was still alive then, famous crack-smoking mayor. And one of the big issues of the later portion of the 2015 election was the niqab. The oh, niqab ban. Yeah.
0: Because Quebec was trying to ban it exactly. in healthcare or something. And they
3: needed to get as much support from Quebec as they could to hold on to this. So this is a man who famously decreed populism, decreed those nastier aspects of conservatism. And in the final days of the campaign... He was on screen, on stage with Rob Ford, doing like Price is Right style yeah. fucking photo shoots, talking about all manner of nasty, disgusting boutique politics. I yeah. just think it's so fitting. That I, that's what I am
2: going to disagree with you there. I think Harper was very good. He was a, a great politician, and I think he was very good at doing things very quietly. Yeah, mm. uh, and he was he was a much more subtle and exacting and finessing politician then the right-wing cranks that we're accustomed to today yeah. with, our, with our Trumps and our... He's the
3: last of a dying breed. There will never oh, yeah. be another Canadian conservative politician like Stephen Harper. No. Oh, it's yeah. not what people want. After yeah. that,
2: Andrew Scheer sets, set
1: the stage for Andrew, like... yeah. Well, know. Andrew, so Andrew Scheer is Andrew Scheer tried yeah, be, to be yeah. the Harper. <laughs> like he's yeah, yeah, exact yeah. He yeah. Yeah, yeah. tried, but he's, yeah, he's
2: not smart. <laughs> no. And you need to be smart to be a Harper. And it isn't but just smarts of I'm gonna, survival instinct. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that he in, like, the the last grasp at power uh, resorted to populist ideas. I think he just let the mask slip a little no, bit. No, that's correct. He, he was always very good at wrangling those people underneath him. Yeah. But in the last few days, he was getting desperate. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, you know, let his hands show. Yeah. No, like I, the- I, def- I misspoke. You're definitely correct. Yeah.
3: Like, I agree. He definitely believed that, but it got to the point where, yeah, you're exactly right. He had to then, finally, after decades of suppressing it, Lean on this as a last ditch attempt yeah. to not because once lose. you lean on
2: it, you never go back. Yeah,
3: and now there's been lots of talk, even discussed it earlier in one of our shows about Harper potentially re entering the fold as a conservative leader. I don't know, man, that bridge might be burned. I don't think he can harness that.
0: Well, okay, because Peter McKay was a big person in the Harper regime, I yeah, suppose he was, like he, second he was in quite command, high up, basically, and then I. It's sort of, you can even look at this most recent conservative yeah. election because Peter McKay, he wanted to be exactly like Stephen Harper. And remember, we even have that quote of him saying that social conservative needs, uh, sorry, social <laughs> conservatives down, need stuff. to park those issues for a while because he was mm. like, no one wants to talk about social conservative issues. We just need to pretend and hide it. Like we don't actually have those views. But then everyone was like, no, we do. And then they voted for Aaron O'Toole. So anyway, should, should I start what with my yeah. research on? All righty. So I did a couple key, like, bill issues I thought we should talk about. And then I did, I have his economic legacy. So strap in. The first thing, what I mentioned earlier about that uh, 2010 vote of no confidence was about these F-35 fighter jets. And the more I read about them, I was like, this is fucking redonkulous. So um, basically, yeah, the government failed, as in the other parties defeated them in a non-confidence vote over the purchase of 65 F-35 fighter jets from Lockheed Martin. Uh, Woo! Um, Because the conservatives would not provide detailed cost breakdowns, despite it being a $9 billion deal. Um, They just were like, we're going to spend... $9 billion dollars on these 65 fighter jets and everyone's like can we see how these costs make up nine billion dollars please and they went no. Every other party was pushing for a um, a competition to test out fighter jets because apparently our fighter jets are so bad they're going to crumble out of the Almost air or something. every
3: fighter jet is terrible. Like, <laughs> none of them work. <laughs> the then... US, like the stealth bomber literally just decapitates people that get inside of they sh- it. They should just and also a... can
2: be seen
3: yeah. very easily. <laughs> just use a
1: Boeing 747.
3: What the fuck does Canada need... F-35 fighter jets 65 of for. them, yeah. <laughs> just other than bombing Syria, which is, of course, what they were used for. Well, what for. if they
2: act up in what's-a-wedding? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, the,
3: they need to have the snowbirds expertly pilot them and not immediately die again.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so the other parties pushed for, like, an open competition of fighter jets where they would rank them all against each other and they conservatives... In the marketplace
2: <laughs> of fighter jets. Yeah, just
0: went, no, these ones are the best and then they're like, okay, prove that they're the best because if they were the best, they would win the competition and then so they paid this group of people to make up a list of all the things that we need in a fighter jet. And they just check marked every box for the F-35. So went, these ones are the best and, <laughs> and wouldn't reveal That's any awesome. other data. And which was very funny. So basically the other parties overthrew them. And then a, um, an election was triggered.
2: You activated my election card. That's right.
0: Okay. So in March of 2011, the um, Globe and Mail found out that there was a conservative riding, or sorry, a conservative MP in one of the ridings who had actually just been a lock Lockheed Martin lobbyist the month before and then they just started running <laughs> Lockheed Martin lobbyists as conservative MPs because oh. they wanted to win and then have everyone vote in favor of these fighter jets oh, which I don't shitty. even understand the staunch commitment to these jets enough to like lose your entire government over that they had to recall an election but Be,
2: like cuz that's always that's always been the point that has always been the point is just obtaining power in order to like grant massive payouts for my friends at yeah. Lockheed Martin, I yeah, guess other so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like if I if I give Lockheed Martin nine billion dollars, even if I lose the next election,
2: yeah, I get hired by them as a consultant <laughs> I'm straight and collect chilling. million dollar uh, salaries for
1: that. I got my, my own little Saint James.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I know it's so. It's so expensive, it's crazy. But anyway, we never actually bought them. I think they they won that election anyway, but... And 2011? Lockheed Martin actually yeah. went out of business. But then <laughs> oh, it was just me. such a big issue that they, they didn't keep pushing it. And now, I don't think we've even still bought new fighter jets since then, so we just have the ones that are apparently super shit, so...
3: Yeah, there was fighter funny. jets, and I remember when I was a kid, so like 2001, there like a lot of discussion about like Chinook helicopters.
0: Mm, apparently, every
3: Canadian Air Force thing just keeps crashing and fucking... Destroying itself That's
0: good We don't need fighter jets This is <laughs> yeah. shit is stupid Once
3: again What the fuck Are we going to use Fighter jets Yeah <laughs> We're gonna have Air war with someone What the fuck <laughs>
0: Who are we gonna have Air with war every with every other country That has like So many more than us Anyway Why Like how would it matter The only
3: country It would be feasible Against is the United States And I'm sorry If we get into a fight With the United States We are going to get oh, Fucking Oh yeah owned. No
0: the, That's the one country It's like super not feasible For us to go to war with And
3: it's like And their military Fucking sucks But they just have more <laughs>
0: Well, isn't it like 50% of their budget? Yeah. It's like less than 2% of our yeah, budget. Yeah, it's all like
3: 18-year-old high school bullies and school shooters. Yeah. But that's yeah. still more
2: than what we have and it would be a stomp. And there's 16-year-old yeah. wives. And that's <laughs> why I'm proposing a bill to increase the amount of Canadian school shooters. <laughs> <laughs> we really don't have that many. Yeah. Like,
1: we're, we're fucking way <laughs> as behind. As such, we, we are defenseless. <laughs> we need to get well, yeah, AR-15s in our
3: Walmarts. <laughs> yeah. We need to get as many AR-15s in the hands of children as possible. Not just in Walmarts. Yeah. I want, like, a mandatory AR-15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> (laughs) You have to bring one to school. You you, like hang it in your cubby, like your backpack.
2: I want a chicken in every pot and a gun in every
3: locker. It's got your name embroidered into it like with your blankie when you're in (laughs) kindergarten. I
1: like like that idea as an argument against the people where it's like if someone had a gun, it'd be safer. Like a high school where everyone (laughs) has a gun. gun. But like specifically because we're afraid of invasion from the United (laughs) States.
3: Hey, you wouldn't need school resource officers. There's already like a violent force inside the schools. Hey, that's that's true that's true this is defund this is I, I am the official voice of the defund
1: movement this is my policy no you are not what's what? <laughs> well, news to me
0: so 2011 election you might be wondering what other fun things happened during oh. this election there was a widespread voter suppression yeah um, this, the
3: robocall yeah oh, this is awesome basically classic basically
0: scandal um, so it started because uh, there was a conservative office in Guelph that called voters to falsely tell them that their polling station had been moved um, and then they did an inquiry on this and found that Voter suppression calls similar to this had been made in almost every riding in the country. So 247 out of the 308 ridings. In Guelph, it targeted liberal voters and was successful at getting hundreds of people to go to the wrong location. Some of them ripped up their voter cards in anger. So the inquiry ended up proving that it dissuaded at least one person from voting because they just like left and was like, fuck this, I'm not voting. It was under
3: the auspices too of saying, oh, because of high volume of voters, we've moved your polling
1: station. So you don't have to wait in line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, you heard a lot about robocalls in that year. Yeah, like huge. it was coming out. Like every news story was about robocalls.
0: Yeah, and the way they got the info was from the people that they had like previously called and said, or texted and said, "Will you vote conservative?" And everyone that says no, like they keep that data, and then so they Holy called them all. Shit. Um, it was so all set slimy. up by someone under the alias Pierre Poutine, which <laughs> yeah, is just that so awesome. that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a cartoon. I, know. That's not I wonder real. why they couldn't
2: win in Quebec. That was probably Pete Buttigieg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but then they there was like a guy that was very likely pierre poutine and he just somehow got That's immunity sense. by agreeing to be a witness even though it was him that did it which i biker still don't mindset. really understand <laughs> yeah. that
3: is the most biker mindset of all time yeah because
0: i think they they were thinking it was more of a systemic thing that came from the top of the conservative leadership yeah. because they were like if this has happened in every riding almost every riding they like it can't have Just been this one dude in Guelph, even though it like obviously was him that started the Guelph one. The campaign manager of that um, conservative um, guy that was running in Guelph ended up moving to Kuwait and never spoke to anyone in the media about the issue ever. What? He just like moved to Kuwait.
3: move that's on his own (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) this man was taken to a black site I have literally (laughs) no doubt about this that's one of the most insane I didn't even know that part of the story that's wild that's on
0: Wikipedia yeah and then around the country they were looking into like how different people got these calls and there were like full call centers of people hired on to do these false calls and then some of the like staff at the call center started reporting like is this legal like I don't (laughs) they were saying they were from Elections Canada but they They weren't weren't. they were just, like, random hired people. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and it never really came to anything, so. Yeah. Crazy.
3: it's It is ridiculous how there were just no charges ever laid. Like, they found, that's like, yes, Harper violated this. And yeah, because they happened. were
0: thinking it must have been centralized in order for the scripting to be the same yeah, in almost every specific. writing and the funds and, like, planning to carry this out. They were, like, literally Harper or someone close to him, like, rap. orchestrated this, but. Yeah. Well, in
1: in 2011, famously, there was no internet yet, right? So they couldn't just look these guys up. No, that's true. It, It was too difficult to do any kind of investigation.
0: Um, and then my last thing before I move into his legacy was the Anti-Terrorism Act in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it basically allowed for information on Canadians to be shared with the government um, more easily. So like if you give info to one department of the federal government, they can share it with all the other departments. If it's seen as a threat to national security, it expanded CSIS and gave more powers. Um, so it gave CSIS more powers in Canada and abroad, um, which is... Psycho. How, how, do do you, we, yeah. how do you just <laughs> let people do whatever they want abroad? I yeah, guess. I that's don't know. the
3: thing. Within the country, it's like, all right, I hate it, but I understand. It's like abroad, it's like, yeah, you can just kill whoever now. You have a license to kill.
0: Yeah, and they have the ability to restrict movements of people and make preventative arrests. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah.
3: There's also the barbaric practices hotline.
0: Oh yeah, that was a whole that, thing I being, the whole same same time exactly.
3: Yeah. It was a part of that bill basically, where they, they created a line essentially to where you could snitch on your Muslim. So neighbors. if someone like
2: say like was using unarmored defense or danger <laughs> sense, yeah, barbarian or was like reckless, recklessly attacking on their turn or something, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, they're yeah, half orc, if
3: they <laughs> okay, well we <laughs> I didn't want to bring race into they've this. got a strength
1: <laughs> of eighteen.
3: <laughs> you might be a barbarian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about that anti-terrorism. Bill, too. Um, I'm not sure if you were going to touch on it, but uh, it also redefined terrorism. Mm-hmm. Mm. Were you? Did you? Did you end up seeing? I stuff have like the,
0: the changes to specific acts and stuff. I didn't see that actually. Oh, okay. But.
1: So it redefined terrorism because before it was essentially it was intent to harm civilians. And it got changed into intent to harm civilians or the Canadian economy.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh my god. The state. The
1: classic like right. Yeah. Uh, companies are humans type yeah. deal. Mm. Yeah. 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 It, so you, like literally, if, if I was like blocking the road and
2: a like delivery truck couldn't come through, yeah, that
1: could be considered terrorism. Or blocking a well, railway Or the blocking yeah. a railroad. Yeah. In Tiendanega. Or,
0: <laughs>
3: or an oil pipeline that just happens to be running into your house. Because yeah. this was
1: what? That was 2011, right? Mm-hmm. So well, 2015, 2015 was, was the proposed. Yeah. Okay, so there had been three prior blockages in oh, time. yeah, like train blockades.
0: Yeah, this bill was framed because it was like there was a bunch of Islamic state and like ISIS inspired oh, like classic. attacks on Canadian politicians around the time or something. Which like I think apparently it, was it was like Nathan twelve Cirillo. separate events, but none of them like really did anything other than like there was one guy that killed someone. There was the Nathan
3: one on Capitol, on like the Parliament Hill. But beyond that, like a lot of the stuff they're talking about is once again just like the RCMP and CSIS, just like creating yeah. busy work. Yeah, so they actually, Jason like, Derulo.
0: this bill um, was criminal, like, changed the criminal code and it provides a judge with the power to order the seizure of terrorist propaganda or if the propaganda <laughs> is an electronic form to order the deletion of the propaganda from a computer. <laughs>
3: Cool. Uh, he's really cool. <laughs> they're coming for your podcast yeah people. it's a good God thing Justin it. Trudeau stopped this <laughs> thank you <laughs> and
0: Amnesty International and Greenpeace were like this is fucking stupid it's gonna be used against us um, the right. the privacy commissioner was like this is fucking horrible for the privacy of Canadians because your info can be like all put together and they can track your financial and travel data and then keep it forever the conservative party actually took out Facebook ads showing an East African jihadist group leader threatening the West Edmonton Mall, and they were like, this is why we need this bill. So
3: He was just doing the hand sign.
0: (laughs) Fucking funky. Um, Holy shit. So the Mohawk Council of Kahnawake sent uh, an open letter against the bill, writing, we feel that BC 51 in its current state could potentially and perhaps even predictably be used to future oppress our defense of our aboriginal rights and title. No. So, Never. yeah, I actually don't know what the updates with this bill have been because there was a lot of pushback, and but this is just sort of a highlights of the Harper era, sort oh, of the well, shit he tried to do.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, Bill C-51 did go through. Oh, well, So we're, just, we're, we're chilling <laughs> cool. in it now. Yeah,
3: no, we've just accepted it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's for We're going to die anyways. We don't give a shit anymore. National defense.
0: Yeah, so, but Harper was known as being a big, economics guy he just knew economics and everyone was like this guy knows what's up with economics so what did he do after the financial crisis i have some points Um, so after the 2008 financial crisis the government announced a 33 billion dollar deficit in order to inject money into the economy which probably crushed his soul because his entire campaign was i will never run a deficit (laughs) ever in my life we're gonna bounce i will kill myself before i run a deficit we will make a profit (laughs) yeah Uh, but then the other parties actually claim that this like this bill the economic economic action plan that they put through was not enough and actually no. did nothing to help immediate suffering. It was just sort of like, we'll build roads. Um, so they did build roads and other ma- major infrastructure. The government estimated two hundred thousand jobs. Um, there was a deficit for a few years and then was out of a deficit by the end of his end of his term. Um, from the National Post, Stephen Gordon um, says, We were in good shape for the crisis because of our banking system, um, which actually had nothing to do with Harper at all. (laughs) Um, But he was still there. So good on him and props for the government spending, um, says this dude from the National Post, which just makes me lol that people were like, Harper did such a great job with the financial crisis. Like, what a smart guy. But everyone actually, like even these conservative people, acknowledge that it was basically nothing that he did himself. He was just there. And we didn't fuck up that bad because we had a strong banking system in general. And I think we might have talked about this on a previous episode at one point. He but like slashed. our institutions just worked.
3: And he also slashed everything. Oh, Arts, oh yeah, very famously social services. And as Dean's going to tell us
2: in just a moment, yeah, really, I don't. I actually think we're I, we're going to get to my point. But yeah, uh, little little too. tidbit for for the next time we talk, folks, or a future episode at least. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about uh, Harper's regime and their relationship to science Yeah, because uh, and the d- various departments. Uh, one of the defining kind of negative legacies. Yeah, of time definitely what, like, one of the major contributing factors to him losing to Trudeau. Yeah. Even me, who knows nothing about science, it's
3: was bec- aware of this. I thought it
1: was because he said yes to child porn. Well, no, that was Paul Martin. No, yeah, he came in later. That's why he lost to tr- Justin Trudeau. That's true. Yeah,
3: yeah. He, he should have run those He put it on
1: an ad campaign, and he was like, <laughs> I say yes to child porn. But
3: That's true. That that would have been really right popular.
1: <laughs> really leaning into it. Sorry, man.
3: <laughs> no, no. Pure libertarian. Stop me from talking about more child porn. Please.
0: <laughs> so in order to get, like, he wanted to ha- not have a deficit by the end of his, like, run again, but in order to get back that quickly into, like, not having a deficit anymore, he basically just fucked everybody over, like, he cut he did literally cut everything Everything. and also his entire like ethos of of just being like super like we can never run a deficit ever like it was horrible for economic inequality for jobs for literally everything i have some points about that later but his general overview on the economy was he was obsessed with free trade and globalization and tax cuts those were his favorite three things He created the Global Markets Action Plan in 2013, resulting in a bunch of free trade packs to help businesses export better. Um, The Action Plans Advisory Council was nine corporate leaders. We love when we have democratically elected. Corporate leaders. Yeah, cool. We
3: should have democratically elected CEOs. That would be fun. (laughs) That would be Yeah, I would simply vote for every woman who's ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> That's
0: right. Um, he reduced the small business tax rate, cut unnecessary red tape, um, mm-hmm. thanks Wikipedia. It's obviously so biased, all the articles yeah. about him on Wikipedia. They're so full of They're typos and everyone's team. just been like, he was, he was amazing. He cut unnecessary red tape and it's like, who defines what unnecessary is Wikipedia? Yeah, thanks. He also, he,
1: regulated everything. Yeah, yeah the Wikipedia no, article is huge too. Yeah, yes.
0: the, the deregulation thing is the most insane thing I've ever read. I didn't even know we still have this, but this still exists and it is our policy. For every one regulation that is put on business in Canada, they have to remove one. We have a one for one policy. So any new law that regulates what a business can or can't do, they have to take away another law. It's <laughs> fucked, psychotic. Because literally, cool. think of like pollution laws you would have to put on, bu- gu- like on businesses going forward if we want to stop climate change. Every single new pollution regulation, we're gonna have to remove another regulation. So, like,
1: sorry, boys, you don't get a bathroom fuck? break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: insane. <laughs> the
1: Amazon method. Yeah.
2: And, yeah, and like that, and that's perfect too because you can frame that as like an individualistic thing. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, like I'm sorry, you you want a 40 hour work week and the planet to not catch on fire, fuck off. You're being selfish. No, no, no.
1: That's too much. We've hit our cap.
0: And like the Trudeau government is not really interested in removing anything like wow. that. They have very similar economic
1: problems. What a sup- – wait, what? <laughs>
0: I know, right? Um, he made it harder to tax businesses in general mm-hmm. um, with increased revenue limits and capital gains limits um, before you get taxed. Um, he created the Venture Capital Action Plan, which just <laughs> sounds so evil. Yeah. And it also just didn't really work, which was funny. But it was basically to like get capital invested in our in our entrepreneurs. In our
1: ventures. Yeah. Yeah, It was Good like job. Temple Run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with a bunch of dudes in suits, <laughs> the adventure. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: And this this National Post guy, which I read because it was funny and very conservative, but he was like, "Yeah, the liberals actually didn't repeal any of this stuff, so that's nice." And I was like, "Cool, great."
3: That's his, Justin Trudeau can't read. Like, yeah. we can agree on that, right? Like he <laughs> he hasn't done this because he doesn't know it exists. <laughs>
0: They they repealed apparently some of the tax cuts, but the overall vibe is is the same. Yeah. He also this author said that he didn't really have to do anything at the beginning of his run because oil price the oil prices mm. were really high and very expensive. But the uh, the author is saying he was cool though because he recognized that that was good. Unlike the liberals who would have been mad about it, and it was like, <laughs> okay, buddy, thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not really so doing he, anything. he sat
0: there while while oil was doing well and, and didn't fuck it up. So well, good job, That's, Stephen Harper. Like, the oil
3: is literally the only thing he cares about. Yeah. Like very clearly. Like since
2: day one.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> literally yes.
0: Um from a Toronto Star article, he actually was not that great economically, granted the financial crisis yeah, happened. So like,
3: that is out fair. Of his
0: hands. But these authors were arguing, like, that's not even the worst recession we've ever had. Lots of like, Prime Ministers have dealt with recessions. He we literally didn't do anything else besides invest in oil. So like, our economy sort of stagnated a little bit while he was Prime Minister, he actually has some of the worst records of economic growth, job creation, inequality, <laughs> like inequality got so bad under yeah. Harper, it's It's Mm, fucked. He he has, like, the worst record in post-war history they found when comparing his economics to other prime ministers. And, like, to this day,
2: our rate of, like, uh, the wealth gap increase in this country is twice as fast as the state. That's the thing. We actually have, yeah, the fast, like, most exponential growth in terms of it.
0: And also under him, like, he had either the worst or second worst in all the categories of household debt, inequality, personal incomes, and, and job creation. So... Good job. Um, He focused on free trade and tax cuts, but our exports and business investments either grew very slowly or actually declined. So nothing really happened or worked at all and and then every oh harper's legacy thing from a conservative site is just like he just held us steady he just like stayed the course (laughs) he was really good i also found it so funny that every one of his advisors and friends was like everyone hated the bitch and he was ugly and never said hi in the hallways and never talked and you know wasn't even nice but you know he was just so smart he just knew what he was doing (laughs) he just really like you know, just got us there. But it's like, no, not really. Yeah, and also like everyone hated him. So
3: <laughs> was cool. just like a fucking guy ruined, fucking hated. Like
0: And then my uh last point on like how the liberals actually haven't really changed anything is a really interesting um case study is childcare. In two thousand five <laughs> the liberals were trying to create a nationalized childcare program. So yeah, so low cost, like government run uh childcare centers and then the conservatives and the NDP, fuck you, bitch, uh, banded together to stop it, even Mm -hmm. though it was actually very close to being a, a reality. Cause, um, the liberal prime minister at the time had signed an agreement with every province. And then a snap election was called and the conservatives came in and they were basically like, we'll just give everyone $100 a month and you can do whatever you want with it. And which uh, like all these studies on childcare has proven that people just have to like rely on like neighbors. And even if you're paying like your 15 year old neighbor to babysit your child all day, that like, that's not good for your kid's development to not have like actual childcare, like, I don't so some,
3: know. $100 a month doesn't pay for anything I know. in child care. Like and that's like, even back then. No, that's yeah. like a daily fee in some places.
0: And then now not only do we have that, the liberals have actually made it so that you have to be under a certain income mm-hmm. to even get yeah. the money anymore. Mean-tested. So it's like cool, he did do one thing and it's, he made everything worse and we just accept it now basically. Yeah. And like the general overview of his like what did he what did he bring to Canada and accomplish is just everyone thinks that tax cuts are like the number one way to win voters now. And they're basically just like, we're going to offer a million tax cuts to everybody forever. And that's like our politics now. So
3: I I feel like it's it's slowly, people are slowly peeling that back though. Like I think tax cuts are very, very slowly. Don't get me wrong, Mm. but very slowly, not the defining thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Things like healthcare and like more universal benefits are slowly supplanting that because if tax cuts were the be all end all, Andrew Shear would have won, hmm. but clearly there's more parts of that equation. Maybe it's also that like, yeah, Stephen like Hunt, obviously he's just the a liberals are
0: different, but
3: alien man, yeah. Oh, they're not different enough. Though. <laughs> like there's one party and it's capital, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it. We ain't in it.
0: Yeah. So anyway. Maybe you
3: guys are. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that we, was my I review. get all of the money from this podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got one cent to listen, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you have that child care benefit and then some.
0: Oh, yeah. Where's our Spotify <laughs> checks? Hmm?
1: Right? I've been asking that, too. Yeah, we need our Spotify money.
0: <laughs> Any final comments on Stephen Harper? But, you know, maybe we'll revisit for this science episode in the yeah, future. We'll yeah, definitely we'll definitely
2: revisit revisit Definitely. But, yeah, no, Harper... Uh, definitely a figure to keep thinking about uh as as we you know progress through uh towards you know a new hellscape waiting us in the future uh sort of like the weasel to bush's big ugly gorilla in a lot of ways uh say like same like you know killer instinct but more more cunning and unnoticeable. Yeah, yeah. he he really
3: was the petite version of like a Bush neocon. Mm. It's interesting. The only conservative prime minister with the same kind of longevity and staying power was John Diefenbaker. And we're talking in the modern era mm-hmm. where between Diefenbaker and Harper, you'd get like maybe a conservative leader for four to six years. Brian Mulroney had a majority and then fucking blew it within three years. And after Diefenbaker, there was that run of liberal dominance where you had Lester B. Pearson, Pierre Trudeau. And it's interesting. If we're in that kind of contemporary comparison where we had our years of conservative dominance, now we're having this liberal spring, what is going to replace it? Because history has shown us that it's only gotten more extreme
2: and worse. Um, probably uh, the Green Party in anime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: anime. <laughs> anime. anime. Anime.
2: Anime e-girl, Paul.
0: Uh, yeah.
3: No, but it's interesting. He's the last of... Thankfully a dying breed, but what replaces
2: him may be even
1: worse. More
2: grotesque somehow.
1: I don't know. Just keep an eye on uh, who the blood tribe is calling chief.
2: Ooh. Ooh. And on that yeah, note. That's a bellwether if I've ever seen one. Thank you
3: for <laughs> listening to 50, counting bonus episodes, that's probably oh, yeah. closer to like 51, 52. But thank you for listening to 50 official mainline episodes. We'll continue to do this until one of us dies and yeah, then probably. Uh, a McKenzie King style seance after that to try and continue <laughs> yeah, it. Cash, cash those Spotify good. checks. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you again next week. Be safe. Be well. Have fun.